On In the Weeds with Jimmy Young this week, I talk with Jeffrey Hoffman, an attorney in New York who can ask him anything about cannabis legalization. And there were some big changes in New York last week. We have a great person to take a look at the new regulations that were introduced in New York State this past week. Jeffrey Hoffman is an attorney in New York City. He hosts a regularly scheduled live on LinkedIn every Wednesday at 4.20 in the afternoon. And despite the fact that he is wearing a Yankees hat on this broadcast, I am still very respectful of him and also of his knowledge about what goes on in New York City. So, Jeffrey, thank you so much for joining us here today. (laughs) My pleasure. Thanks for having us, despite our Yankees proclivities. That's a beautiful thing. Boston, New York will forever be linked because of that. And, uh, you know, we can get into that, but I do want to talk about the weed situation and weed scene in New York, specifically New York State. And then we can compare a little bit to what's going on in the city, because I think there are two different stories going on. Am I am I reading that right? I mean, there may be 10 or 20 different stories going on, but I think you're spot on. Is that uh, downstate? You know, we talk here in New York about downstate versus upstate, and there's always a difference between what's going on in those environments. Right. So this was the first rules change in New York state since uh, it was voted in as adult use. And they started giving out licenses and they were trying to prefer giving the social equity applicants preferred uh, spots in line, if you will. Um, As you look or even if you could just give us a brief overview, what were some of the biggest changes you see and as far as impact on the market? Absolutely. So so what we've done now is we've done the first change of the proposed regulations. So back in November of last year, uh, the Cannabis Control Board and Office of Cannabis Management proposed regulations for seven of the nine standard licenses that we would have here in New York. There's a full regulatory review process they had to go through where thousands of comments were submitted. And now we have their suggested changes to what those regs were. And uh, there'll be another review period. It's going to be about a 45 day period when they publish these changes in the state register. And then they'll be able to open the application eventually here in the ne- in the coming months, ideally before the end of the year, maybe early next year. We'll have to see uh, a couple of the biggest changes that we've seen. Um, so, for example, here in New York, the medical providers are known as ROs registered organizations, and they've been in business for several years now. Like most other states, we had medical cannabis here in New York before we had adult use cannabis, what other states may call recreational, we call adult use. Mm -hmm. And at some point in the law, it said that these ROs, the medical providers, would eventually be able to have up to three adult use dispensaries each. They would have to be co-located with their existing medical dispensaries, and there was rules about how many they had to have in different parts of the state and everything of that nature. Um, But uh, generally, that's what the law said. And the ROs were very upset with this because it was really going to be up to the Cannabis Control Board as to when they could change and start doing the adult use. And there was some rumblings from the board that it might be several years and it could be, you know, 30, 40 million dollars, you know, really expensive. And so obviously the ROs were not very excited about this because, Um, while they may be very good citizens and just wanted to have a medical cannabis business, let's be very clear. I think one of the main reasons they got into it was because they were going to be able to get three adult use dispensaries, number one. And number two, those were going to be the only adult use dispensaries that were going to be fully vertically integrated. Basically, every other license in New York, other than the micro business, which is a special case, you can't be vertically integrated. You either have to be in the supply tier 
or in the retail tier. But these medical folks with their three adult use dispensaries are going to be able to be fully vertically integrated, grow the cannabis, process the cannabis, and then sell it at retail. And that's just a distinct advantage in the industry, right? You get to eat at each stop of the value chain, and you get to see if you're if you're a grower, you get to see what the demand is at retail. So that helps you um, and vice versa. Right. So you just really have a, a real advantage if you're vertically integrated like that. The new regulations uh, have really streamlined and moved up the time. It looks like they're going to let them have the first of those three stores uh, at some point after the end of this year and then the others coming later next year. And then the fee is going to be. For each uh, for each store, five million up front, and then uh, an extra tranche. Uh, well, either you pay the rest when you're going to do the other two stores, or if you're only going to do that first store, you then pay additional monies uh, for every hundred million dollars in revenue you do up to three hundred million. So ultimately, it could be a twenty million dollar fee, five million up front. And then either you pay the other 15 up front before you do the other two stores, or if you stick with the one, it's five million after 100 million, five million after 200 million, and five million after 300 million. It looks like that's what the regs are going to be. And it'll be interesting to see if that's where it's final. It's definitely a difference of where it was before. So I guess the lobbyists of the ROs, uh, you know, did some good work, right? Ab absolutely. And the other thing I notice on here, and this is very common throughout the industry in any state, legal, not legal. Once you voted in legal, once the legislature puts the rules in place, once the regulate, you have no place to smoke it or imbibe indoors. It's very challenging. You can't supposedly now New York City. We all know they have a public. You're allowed to do it in public in New York City. So, so that's big... not that's not just a city. That's the whole state. The so whole right state. now. Yep. In New York State, you yep. can smoke cannabis anywhere you're allowed to smoke a cigarette. That is right. now the law in New York. Right. And actually in Massachusetts, even though it doesn't get as much publicity, uh, that is the law as well. In designated smoking areas like at airports or bus stations or something like that, you can uh, fire up if, if you prefer. And of course, and these days, Jeffrey, as you know. Yep. You don't have to just smoke it anymore. You can have an right. edible, you can have a tincture, you can have a pen, a vape pen of what kind. And even though flour still is king in the market, from what I understand, and all the research shows us that, uh, most people, especially those that are older, if you will, and I can put myself in that class, I, I'm not afraid of mentioning the fact that I'm 65 years old, uh, that you can actually partake in the state legally. Massachusetts, not that's the only place where you can other than the summit lounge we can get into that some other time what is, what another give me another uh, movement of regulations on here that uh either excites you or in and makes you very upset well so let's go with the one you just mentioned it appears that they're going to so we always knew there was going to be on-site consumption that is one right. of the licenses that exists in the law in the cannabis mm -hmm. law it mm -hmm. was however you 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 may remember I, I mentioned previously those initial batches of regulations only had seven of the nine licenses in them yep. the on-site consumption was not one of the licenses that was in the original batch of regulations yep. in this new batch they have released some additional information in particular the neatest thing i think there is while there will absolutely be an on-site consumption lounge license, there's also going to be a temporary license. So if you are one of the other types of licensees, you can have a consumption event at your facility or your property. Um, and I just think that's a, a really, really neat idea. Just this idea of having, you know, kind of temporary event consumption licenses, right? I just think that's brilliant. Um, I think especially here in New York City, 
you know, you were talking about the difference between the two. You know, for my money, New York City is the nightlife capital of the United States, if not the world, right? Mm-hmm. Live music, entertainment, um, just everything that goes on along those lines. New York City really is top five. I mean, again, number one in my book. Some people want to argue Vegas and some other places, but, you know, give me New York City for that any day of the week. Um, so I think there's a real opportunity here to really define the idea of a consumption lounge. I think you've seen the, the the media that's been written about consumption in other states. It's really underwhelming. There's not very many locations. It's been very difficult for Nevada and, and other states to really get up and running um, with this stuff. And I think this is a place where New York is really going to be able to excel. I just think people come here for the vibrancy, for the nightlife, for the music, for the museums. And, you know, when I talk to people about on-site consumption, they're like, are, are about New York being a tourist destination for cannabis. They're like, you're crazy. Like, why would a person from Colorado where it's legal go to New York to smoke cannabis? And I'm like, you clearly do not understand what I'm getting at here. And let me try, just politely try to explain it to you again. It's not that they're going to fly to New York to smoke cannabis. They're going to fly to New York so they can go to the Metropolitan Opera, stoned out of their minds after they smoked on the sidewalk before they walked into the opera because that's legal to do here and nowhere else, right? right. So it says, yep. that is the thing. Where else can you lay in Central Park after you've gotten high with cannabis that you've just bought legally, you know, with your special someone on a blank? I mean, just come on, right? Stuff right. that people just love to do and now they're going to love to do it with cannabis, right? I mean, so that is why, again, I think that this idea of really dealing with the on-site consumption and why New York and especially the city really has a chance to, to, to put a stake in the ground here on this front. Absolutely. And it's one of the things I preach about on our show on a regular basis is I'm more about normalization and acceptance of this plant medicine than I am about legalization, because I think legalization is going to involve, no disrespect to your trade, lawyers and politicians. And if you decriminalize this and open up the banks, and of course, I'm not going to date this interview, but there was a very important safe banking meeting and discussion today in Washington, D.C. And um, you want to make a lot. You want to make a lot of money? Sure. Bet against bet with everybody that thinks it's going to pass. You don't think safe banking is going to pass? I mean, they keep doing this, right? I mean, it's just how many times? Oh, no, they, they don't, Jeffrey. Hang on a second. Yeah. No, not, Go ahead. This, this is the first time the Senate has done anything on it. Seven yeah. times the House has passed it. One hundred percent right. Has it even gotten started in the Senate? No. But now, now yeah. you're seeing the senators grilling different people, including one guy that I just don't like in this industry. I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. No, no, I do. Uh, when when did the House pass it last? Uh, oh. Um, Last, I don't yeah. know if it did it. Did it pass? Did in the latest with Kevin McCarthy or not? I don't no, know. This is the point. This is the point I'm trying to make. No, I get it. I, I think yeah. if you go back and look, it it passed every time under Nancy Pelosi. Right. And uh, look, I just I I obviously want it. I have clients that need it. Right. I just I've seen this movie. I I'm. My, I'm, and I know we're going a little farther afield from the regs, but you get this is what I do. So off we yep. go. Yep. Um, Republicans don't move cannabis legislation. They just don't. They just don't. Show me a Republican. I mean, other than Miss Mace out of, uh, right. you got out of South Carolina. Right. I mean, I that's got who you. I was like, going. Yeah. Well, OK. Well, so that's, you know, 
Congratulations. One. You picked the one Republican that's not really a Republican. Okay. <laughs> and look, I'm all for people having whatever beliefs they want. I'm not one of these people on my side of this issue that's like, screw everybody else and we need to kill you because you don't think the way I do. Right. That is not how I behave. But the Republican Party does not move cannabis legislation. Uh, as much as we like Miss Mace, uh, I looked at her other issues. I don't know what she's doing in the Republican Party. Um, it, it fascinates me, but okay. I mean, I guess that's the only way you can get elected in South Carolina. Um, yep. And I lived in North Carolina for a long time, so I know what I'm talking about here, folks. Um, and I just, I don't, I don't see it. And Schumer, as much as I love him, and here's the problem there, is that I'm with him on what he's doing. He's putting in all the social justice issues into it. And those are non-starters on the other side of the aisle. So great. I mean, I don't think you can pass it in the House because I don't think you'll get a cloture vote. Do I think you could get a majority vote for it? Yes. Do I think you, I mean, in the in the Senate, excuse me. Do I think you could get a majority vote in, in the Senate? Yes. Do I think you can get a cloture vote in the Senate? No, I don't. And even if you could, again, I, I'm, you're, I respectfully agree with you. Yes, the House had passed it. It just happened to be controlled by the party that moves cannabis legislation every time they have. So if somehow Schumer gets something done at the Senate, I just don't see it now passing in the House. You missed that opportunity. And I think, frankly, that's the only reason the Republicans in the Senate are now doing it, because it's cover. They know they can do this now because they can do whatever they want. And in the bizarre chance that it actually goes to the House, Kevin McCarthy's got their back. It'll never come up for a vote. Right. I'm, I'm not going to dis. I'm, I'm not going to argue with you because I don't like to argue with attorneys who know what they're talking about. Uh, it's just something I try to avoid. Um, I actually think there are going to be a couple of Republicans who are going to be the heroes in this, and it's an it's an opportunity for Republicans to be heroes for the other for Americans, if you will, on the other side of the aisle. I hate the labeling. I hate the prejudice and the stereotypes that has divided our country. I mean, can, can you name the nine that are going to cross the aisle? You need nine, right? We got it's 5149. Is it 5149 or 5248? I can never remember. Uh, in the Senate? Because with cinema, I can't keep track with her. Which party is she in now? Yeah. The no, senator no. from Arizona. Yeah. And, and, and the guy in West Virginia, too, who's going to lose in 24. He doesn't care. Um, he doesn't care because he's going to do whatever he wants because he's going to be out of office here in, in right. a year and a half. That's right. Um, so it's just, can you name can you name the nine that are going to cross no, the aisle? Of course not. I would have to. I would have to go back in notes. I have to write shit. I, just, down. I, I feel you. I just. I don't. I don't. I, my point is, even with your notes, I don't think I just. I don't. I don't see there being nine. Okay. And if you can come up with it, let's. When when the next time you and I talk, bring yep. the notes and let's figure out who that. I mean, I did this with a buddy of mine about impeachment. Like the second impeachment, we were making notes. Like okay. Who could possibly vote yes here, right? I mean, like, you never get, I don't know, what is it, 66 votes for impeachment? Like, we never could get, the most I think we could get was the actual number that it was, like 58 or 59, or whether you never could get to the 66. And I, and I, and look, I'm not arguing either. I, just, I love to discuss. And it's just, I don't know who the nine are or eight are that have to cross the aisle. And I don't think they're there. That's all. It's a whole new world of weed out there, isn't it? Everyone is learning new ways to titrate, ingest, consume, imbibe, and engage with this plant medicine we call cannabis. 
Hi, I'm Jimmy Young, the founder of Pro Cannabis Media and the host of In the Weeds. And once in a while, the really live business cannabis talk show we call Green Rush on Friday afternoons from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern. I've been a medical patient in Massachusetts for almost 10 years now. I remember my first trip to a dispensary just outside of Boston, and I told the bud tender I didn't want to smoke it anymore. So I tried edibles, then tinctures, then vaping. And now if I'm going to smoke, I only use the Weejits filtration system. What? The Weejits.com, Weejits, that's weed, W-E-E-D-G-E-T-S.com, is where you'll find the planet's coolest product. Both cool the smoke from 1,300 degrees to just 90 into your lungs. Plus, the maze pipe and pre-roll filters get rid of all the gunk that you just don't want in your lungs if you can help it. Add in the code of PCMTV and you get 15% off. So just go to Weejits.com and check out the best way to enjoy a cooler smoke with less coughing and hacking and more peace of mind. All that resin and tar is collected in the polyurethane filters that are easy to clean with soap, water, and a few Q-tips. Your lungs will thank you and so will I. We are a cultivation through to consumption lifestyle brand for the cannabis industry. Of course, the crown jewel in our product line is the Armoire Home Grow System. So now with Green Goddess Supply, we can take you everywhere from growing it in the armoire right through to storing it, consuming it, rolling it, storing it, you name it, A to Z. Our goal is to enable everybody and anybody anywhere to be able to produce their own organic flower quickly, easily, discreetly, and inexpensively. You would think that it is. However, there's quite a bit of debate right now in the accounting industry when it relates to cannabis with this exact question. Um, I'm part of a few different networking groups that are solely accountants for cannabis companies. And there's been quite a bit of back and forth in those communities and discussion regarding whether 280E, if it went away, if the administration legalized cannabis or took it off of schedule one, what would happen? And it could go either way right now. The debate is it can make the accountant's life much easier. Uh, that's what a lot of the inexperienced accountants are saying right now, it seems. Whereas the accountants that have been in this industry for a while and have, and have gone through the same thing that happened with hemp a few years ago are saying that it'll actually will make lives more difficult because when hemp became declassified a while back, the accounting became more complicated.
Sativa Labs in Westfield is fast becoming the number one testing lab for cannabis in Western Massachusetts. Sativa understands the importance for accurate on-time test results for your product. That's why their current compliance panel turnaround time is less than two days. That's Sativa Labs in Westfield. For more information, go to safetiva.com.